The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 26. I am Brian Kilby. With me, I have King Hogg, the king of PWA. How's it going, sir? Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, not bad. Not bad. I just got done eating dinner. Uh, beautiful weather. I was out grilling. I'm going to be doing more of that this year. You didn't uh, have any pork, did you? No. Okay, good. That's my people. <laughs> it's your people. <laughs> oh, my- I had some lasagna. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Made with deer meat. Oh, nice. Uh, my boss, uh, she is an animal science major, so uh, she grew up on a farm. Her specialty is not, it's not the field that I work in, but it's just what she, you know, her education, her background. Uh, her specialty is, is her pigs, and her brother was on the National Pork Council. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, you probably wouldn't like her. Yeah, she's she's uh killing all my people. That's what it sounds like, yeah. We shall be free. Oh man. Okay, so uh let's see here <laughs> on, on the show this week we are talking about Shy Town Rumble eighty nine, of course, which features uh the seven star match, Ricky Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. Before we get to that, let's talk about our gimmick of the week this week, which is It's uh more than <laughs> one gimmick, it's the new gimmick. Uh there's been a lot of uh new placed in front of somebody uh different various tag teams and i don't think it's ever worked um we have examples like the new midnight express which was bob holly and bart gunn you had the new rockers which was marty Janetti, um leaf cassidy you had the new blackjacks which was barry windham and bradshaw so uh it's one of those gimmicks where they try to do something old bringing them back and uh once they slap the new in front of it it very rarely ever works it kind of takes the steam right out of it right off the bat i can't think of it ever working maybe the new day is huh. not the only one yeah that yeah but i don't i don't think they count though. i don't think that counts there was not an old day but uh yeah they've had uh how how did you feel about the newman express uh i didn't feel too bad about it either way because it's not like the midnight express was one consistent uh group of just two guys a new version isn't unheard of, especially like if you look at uh, musical groups um, that have been around forever. Uh, like in certain circles, like you might have an, a musical group that's been around for 80 years. There are literally nobody from the original group that are part of the band. They've just been adding and changing people and only the name has persisted in, in the musical catalog. So, I mean, that happens. Yeah, so I think maybe if uh, they would work better if they just didn't put new in front of it. Yeah, probably. Because I think that automatically cheapens it once you put the new in front of it. Because um, really, uh, Bob Holly, like, I think, especially when they had their hair all poofy, they uh, looked pretty good together as the Midnight Express. And um, the new Rockers were definitely not a horrible tag team. No. Uh, no. They were a lot of fun. But um, as soon as you put that new, slap that new in front of it, and I absolutely love the new Blackjacks. I thought they were awesome. But because uh, I was a big Barry Windham fan to begin with. Yeah. Uh, timing on the Barry Windham thing probably really wasn't there, though. Yeah. 
But yeah, you never saw like every time the horseman changed, you didn't say like the new horseman. Exactly. Exactly right. It was just kind of a passing of the torch. And I think towards the end, Ric Flair is uh, the only original member yeah. on the horseman. Yeah. Because uh, the last one was Dean Malenko, Steve Mongo McMichaels, and um, Redacted. Yeah, and Redacted. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the new gimmick definitely. I did it as a joke one time. Um, I was part of a tag team called the Black Bloods. And uh, we broke up, and I feuded with my partner, and I brought in another guy, and we called ourselves the New Black Bloods. That's nice. Cause I, or the New Bloods, actually. And uh, I did it as just a joke, because I thought about like the New Rockers and stuff. So, And we didn't last as a tag team. We only did like one or two matches together. So um, hopefully I'm not missing any new characters. But um, it's mostly done with tag teams with uh, different members. Even though the new rockers had an original member. Sure did. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, just don't put new in front of anything. Uh, it'll give it a better chance in the end. So I, I shouldn't name this podcast new take Four wrestling <laughs> new take Four. Yeah. You can re- you can replace me with diecast or something. Uh, probably not. Then the li- then it would just drop off completely. Maybe Nobody so. Maybe so. <laughs> Okay, let's see here. What else we got going on this week? So, uh, hey, we're talking about Chi-Town Rumble 89. And this is really, in my opinion, it's a one-match card. There's some fun matches on it, but not necessarily anything worth remembering. Unless I'm wrong. Do you t- let, let me know if you disagree. Uh, uh, very long matches. I was uh, surprised with the length of all the matches. Most of them, anyway. Uh, I thought that was uh, just... I think some of them were excessively long, and I don't think the uh, main event was long enough, actually. I would agree with that, especially <laughs> considering how long they've gone in the past. But if this would have been a WWF card, they would have had uh, 35 matches in, in between. Actually, you're right. So I'm looking at, the, I pulled the list. The first match is um, probably a little too long. It's Michael P.S. Hayes uh, versus the Russian Assassin with Paul Jones. So Paul Jones is there. This was actually uh, the Angel of Death, and um, I think we saw him on um, one of the uh, UWF shows we watched. We did. And uh, he unfortunately passed away, but he was also the first man to portray the Black Scorpion. Ah, I forgot about that. But uh, yeah, I I thought this was an interesting match uh, with Michael Hayes being like the Defender of America coming out with a confederate flag yeah i mean different times (laughs) Uh, lots of things in here uh honestly made me think that times were much different back then uh commentary later on but yeah uh definitely different times so uh, i forgot you'd mentioned that the angel of death had uh died recently uh it was like 10 years ago but this was only three years after his first match that's pretty good yeah Uh, he did a really good job very seasoned i think it was a lot easier back then to get seasoned a lot quicker uh Uh, maybe i don't know because i think uh well they wrestled you just wrestled so much more back then Mm -hmm. uh like nowadays uh some guys only wrestle once a month so you only get 12 matches in a year um i've known uh there's been some guys that i've worked with that they've been wrestling for 20 years and they've only had like 120 matches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm up around the, I think I'm up around the six to 700 mark. Oh, really? Really isn't still that much, honestly. But um, some guys just hardly wrestled at all. 
that's what we uh we kind of have a term called the the green veterans and it's these guys are like well i've been wrestling for 15 years like yeah but you've only had like 80 matches uh so watching this match i had forgotten about the russian assassin so i was actually thinking this was the mask assassin but like way too young that was uh jody hamilton uh jody i mean is uh he, I mean, he's he's even back then he would have been in his fifties. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it took me a minute to realize that we were looking at somebody else. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Jesse Ventura talking about how the mask is trying to escape off his head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this I thought this was a pretty it was it was a good match. It was just way too long and uh, it had uh, Paul Jones out there. I think they just stuck Paul Jones with anybody. You know, this was like on these shows. This was the third shortest match. That we had <laughs> yeah that's true but uh yeah even that was still too long yeah uh um, i don't have it was just it was i don't a- know if like the Ru- oh sorry no go ahead i didn't know if the uh russian assassin was like uh somebody they used a lot um because i know like uh when tito wrestled executioner on uh the first wrestlemania that was just like he it's not like he was a like a guy that wrestled a lot like the execute as the executioner so i wonder if this was like an ongoing Russian assassin thing. So there are a lot of gimmicks that we saw. Like this was sort of a transitional period. Uh, a lot of like Cold War era gimmicks. Uh, a lot of you know um, cultural gimmicks. But a lot of things you just wouldn't see today. You wouldn't see a wrestler called the assassin. Not really. You might, but like there were like a dozen of them back then. Yeah. Or you also had like terrorist. Oh yeah. <laughs> sheiks everywhere yeah you don't see that stuff anymore they need to bring that back some of it not all of it <laughs> well we're starting to uh get mad at russia again are we, we i think so i thought our, I, th- I thought that uh i thought that our president was a fan well he likes them but a lot of other people don't okay <laughs> it's always a good time to bring back the russian assassin that's true that's true maybe we could you could be one of the new russian assassins that would be awesome you could the be my you could, you could be my trainer. I'll train you. I'll show you how to do a few moves. Did you get do you get like a 10% booking fee or something if you train me? I, I would with you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any other thoughts around this match? Uh just uh yeah, it was it was a good match. I had fun watching it. It was just too long. Okay, so the next match talking about things that um really made me uncomfortable. This was uh Sting versus Butch Reed uh with uh, Hiro Matsuda in Butch Reed's corner. Uh, the, Jim Ross's description uh, of just re- references to the Orient and things like that was just a little off-putting. <laughs> just like describing him as uh, a hero as like Oriental and like Oriental style and everything, a little weird. I, I, was, yeah. I, was, a little, I was a little put off. Yeah, they... Uh- Definitely were not culturally sensitive back then. Well, back then, I mean, back then that was as culturally sensitive as you got. It's just that yeah. we we just have different uh, standards for what that is today. But one thing I did think was interesting in this match was uh, Jim Ross's constant description of Sting as being a gifted youngster and uh, you know young and capable and all that stuff. Basically, the same language that he used for the uh, Rocky Maivia when uh, he showed up. So, well, I, he also. I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but he made a uh, clever dig at the Ultimate Warrior. I didn't catch it. He talked about how um, Sting was a young and upcoming guy, and he was uh, surpassing all of his former partners. 
Um, I, in a way, yeah. I mean, he was a better wrestler than than Warrior. I just thought. Uh, I just wonder if that was on intentionally at the because this was the time the Warrior was rising up too. I'm certain. I mean, of course he did. I mean, of course he did that. Uh, yeah. Um, I I was off put. I was kind of felt off putted by Butch Reed being called Hacksaw because there's only one Hacksaw. I yeah. Yep. I get that. Uh, <laughs> so like this, not it wasn't terrible. I mean, Sting's not a good, not a great wrestler. I mean, he never was. Um, and especially at this point in his career. So I can't really say much in the way of the ring work, but I think this is probably my second favorite match. Probably. Yeah. It was a uh, very explosive. Yeah. And, uh, back and forth. And, um, uh, I forgot how good Butch Reed was. Yeah, absolutely. He's not somebody that gets a lot of, uh, a lot of nostalgicness to him. Nostalgicness. <laughs> I try to make up uh, new works. New I like works. it. I like it. Um, but Sting, uh, yeah, Butch Reed was a very good in this match. And Sting's very athletic. Uh, his Jim Ross kept talking about his leaping ability. Yeah. And uh, he had a heck of a leaping ability. Super. I mean, super fit. I mean, he. you know, Sting was uh, physically awesome. I just never, I mean, he's certainly better than like Luger, but. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, but like, I just never thought of Sting as a great wrestler. This was, uh, during the time when, um, was it the, they weren't the four horsemen, but it was the hero or the Matsuda foundation or something, wasn't it? Uh, this was, gosh, was it 90 when the horsemen were formed? Cause I noticed that like, uh, hero came out with, uh, Barry Windham and, uh, Ric Flair too. So I'm just wondering, I, I kind of remember like some sort of Matsuda corporation, uh, but, uh, of course I'm, I didn't watch a lot of NWA at this time. We talked about this recently, actually. I'm trying to remember when the horseman actually, oh, the, no, the, no, the horseman started in 85. What, what, I don't even know what I was thinking. Um, this was in a period, I guess, when the horseman had broken up. Oh, that would have, yeah, the brain busters would have been in WWF. WWF, that's why, yeah. So that's what happened, yeah. Okay. We we were watching something recently just before the Horseman debuted, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because they were, they were almost Star- like teasing it. Was it, was it Starcade 85? Or Cla- or yep. from, was it Clash I think it was Starcade. Was it something from Clash of the Champions? Might have been Clash of the Champions. It, it, was, something, you know, it, was, something, it was something that we watched recently bef- just before the Horseman debuted, which is what gave me that thought. Yeah, this one, um, I think this was right after Tully and Arn left, so they kind of split the horsemen up for a little bit. Yeah. But they were still together, just not called the horsemen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Butchery did a great job with this. Um, Sting, I mean, that, that definitely did his part. I'm not taking, taking away from him. Um, it was a pretty pretty good match. What yeah, was, I definitely enjoyed it. What was the finish on this one? It was uh, It was like a double pin. Oh, okay. So this was the first of the three really screwy finishes. Yeah, I've got that in my notes too. Yeah. Uh, did Dusty book this? Was Dusty there at that point? Uh, I don't know. He was in WWF too in '89. Lots of screwy finishes with this. Uh, with this, I, I don't. I, yeah, it was like uh, two of the screwy finishes right in a row, or something, and then like the third one. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot of double pins and screwy finishes. Yeah, so uh, next match was the Midnight Express, as we talked about earlier, the beautiful Bobby and Stan Lane, uh, with Jim Cornette, uh, defeated the original Midnight Express, Jack Victory and Randy Rose with Polly Dangerously. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I was disappointed when I found out that Dennis wasn't on this. Yeah, me too. 
And then I uh, looked into it, and uh, I guess uh, this was kind of like a way to push push them out, Randy and uh, Dennis. And um, so he just no-showed it. He didn't want to give them the satisfaction or something. So I, I think it definitely took away from the match because you knew who was going to win. Yeah. I think just uh, everybody watching would have known right off the bat. But, um, oh, I just clicked on uh, Jack Victory's page, and uh, he's dressed in his uh, Wikipedia profile picture as the Russian assassin number two in 2013. That's interesting. But um, I enjoyed this match, too. It was okay. I thought uh, Cornette was on fire during it. He was really, I think he was having a really good time. I don't like Cornette as a face. <laughs> it is it is interesting seeing him as a face. But uh, when he did that elbow drop, the crowd really popped. But uh, this was a pretty decent match. It was, it was all right. It was okay. I think definitely they took away from it um, with uh, Jack Victory filling in for Randy Rose. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jack Victory was uh, up and comer at the time. I think this was right around the time he was he was coming into his own. So, uh, but there's it was a loser leaves match, uh, loser leaves NWA match. It was uh, I thought it was a little hair too long, but um, wasn't awful. I've seen worse. I mean, oh yeah, we watched ECW. I mean, not going to argue <laughs> that. I'm. It was pretty. That was pretty bad. Uh, let's see here. What else we got going on? Uh, I mean, this was what it was. A uh, next match. Was oh Mike Rotunda, uh, father of the new WWE heavyweight champion. That uh, surprised me. Yeah, disappointed me. Uh, against uh, Rick Steiner, Dogface Gremlin. Um, this was for the NWA he, World Television Title. And again, this was this was a screwy one. <laughs> yeah, I liked how uh, Kevin Sullivan came out and um, distracted him talking about his dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, the whole time I was thinking, well, just send Scott Steiner back to check on your dog, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Rick, I think Rick Steiner was still doing his hand gimmick at the time uh, where he talked to his hand. God. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah. Not, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of the Steiner brothers. I never, I never was. Um, I would say. I liked Rick more than I did Scott. I would say if I had to choose between the two, it would be Rick over Scott, but still not a huge fan. Yeah, I I liked them uh, during their WWF run, but other than that, they never really did much for me. I like Mike Rotunda a lot, though. Oh, yeah, Mike Rotunda's great. Uh, unsung hero of wrestling. Yeah, I think so. And uh, building a legacy for himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure out of his loin, Out of his loins spr- sprung a world champion. Two. Two. Uh, Bo Dallas was uh, NXT champion. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is Bo Dallas still on the WWF roster or main roster? I don't think he's been let go. They may repackage him like they did with Husky Harris. I don't know. They should make him a Wyatt. Uh, I want the Wyatts to go away. I, I I hate the Bray Wyatt gimmick. I hate the Bray Wyatt gimmick. It's it's tired. It's it's boring. It's indistinct. I mean, it doesn't have. I mean, there's no there's no there's nothing that clicks with it. It just doesn't even make sense. He's basically a couple of cool looking spots and a whole lot of weird uh, promos. I mean, I, I, I don't think my general thought, and I'm going to rant for just a second <laughs> used to be that you put the heavyweight title on somebody who fans want to see. Now you put the heavyweight title on somebody hoping that it will make the fans want to see them. And yeah, while, the, while the crowd, I think chanting, you, you deserve it. You deserve it. Whatever. After the, uh, after he won, 
they're not going to stick around. Uh, he is. They something needs to change. Something needs to click before Husky Harris, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, is an effective champion. Um, hopefully, this will keep him from getting that dancing fat guy gimmick. Because I was fully expecting them to put like a hammer pants on him in like within six months and have him dance. Uh, but um, I don't. I don't think this is going to uh, set him apart. I, I just continues to devalue the title not i'm not i'm not a big fan i'm a fan of him i'm, yeah. not, I'm not a fan of the character i was a, i liked the wyatt's when they first came in um because it seemed like they were kind of like fresh and new but they quickly lost their luster to me well, really quick yeah they kept jobbing out bray wyatt luke harper's yeah. awesome and i would much rather see luke harper in that spot uh or randy orton's spot anyway uh yeah uh but i mean obviously they Luke Harper lost to Randy Orton during Elimination Chamber, so I mean that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. But uh, Luke, yeah, Luke I think Luke Harper has all the tools. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, he just needs to be repackaged. They could easily do something. Um, on the, I guess on the independent circuit, he did like a Bruiser Brody type gimmick. Makes total sense because uh, I thought he looked a lot like Bruiser Brody. He so. does. He does. Uh, Luke Harper is awesome. I mean, Eric Rowan is there. I mean, I'm not a big not crazy on him, but uh, Luke Harper is awesome. He's the he's the best Wyatt, not counting Randy Orton. Well, I'm not a big Randy Orton fan. I, I'm not either. I mean, he's he's certainly talented. Uh, yeah, but uh, Luke Harper is pretty awesome. Okay, my rant's over. Uh, Microtunda, <laughs> Microtunda is awesome, and uh, I, this was also a screwy finish. Yeah, it was like a uh, intentional like a sleeper pin because uh, Rick was. Supposedly distracted about his dog. So I so when yeah when this happens, one of these uh, finishes happens. It's it's a chance to re-educate the fans. Oh yeah, hey, this can happen. You need to make sure that your uh, shoulders aren't down on the mat because you can get counted. You know, yada yada yada. But having like three on one show, just little much. Yeah, that was way too much. Uh, I like this finish. Um, I thought it was a cool finish because it's something you hardly ever see. It would be a cool finish if it were the only crazy <laughs> funky finish on the show. Yeah. But we still got another one of them. Yeah. Lex Luger, Lex Luger and Barry Windham. Um, I, I don't honestly remember a thing about this match. This is one of the shorter ones too. In it, fact, this, well, it was the second shortest. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. Uh, I, um, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really, I've always been a big Barry Windham fan. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool match. I liked how Barry, uh, busted his hand open. And uh, they kept selling that as uh, like his claw was taken away. Yeah. Um, and I thought Lex Luger did pretty good in this match. I thought this was a pretty decent match. And it was for the uh, NWA United States Heavyweight Championship. And um, what was the finish on this one? Yeah. So the finish on this was uh, Barry Windham got uh, Lex Luger in a suplex. And he went for a bridge. And they're both their shoulders were down. The referee counted. And Luger got his shoulder up first. Then Barry got his shoulder up after the three count. Okay, so that was a screwy finish. It was a screwy finish. Two in a row. <sighs> That's just too many for this darn thing. That sounds like a JT Hulk booking. Yeah. Right there. Do you book your shows like this when you I try book? to book every match with a dusty finish. Seriously? No, I'm just kidding. Thank God. I, <laughs> I love Dusty That'd be pretty and all, funny, but, though. Yeah. <laughs> a night of Dusty. Uh so you're a big fan of Barry Windham. Sell me on this match. Why did this match not suck? Uh I, I like the psychology. Um, 
with the hand being hurt. Uh, the, the moves were performed expertly. Uh, two big blonde haired guys in the ring. Hmm. Um, very attractive for the ladies. Uh, <laughs> I guess maybe I can't sell it, but, but it wasn't a bad match. No, it wasn't uh, bad. I'm just like Barry Windham. I mean, I prefer him as a stalker, but God, you don't prefer him as the stalker. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I was pretty excited though. When, uh, the stalker, like they first start, started showing the, uh, little promos of the stalker. And I figured out it was Barry Wyndham. I was like, oh, Barry Wyndham's coming to WWF. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so did this make you excited? The Road Warriors versus the Varsity Club? Uh, not really. Yeah, so uh, Varsity Club, this 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 part being uh, Steve Williams, uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams, not Steve Austin, and uh, Kevin Sullivan. Um, so one thing they made a point during the match was just to sell people on Kevin Sullivan's uh, uh, amateur uh, background, which I don't know that I even, other than him being part of the varsity club, I didn't really realize what his amateur experience was. <laughs> uh, of course, Dr. Death is, you know, famous for being a high school and I guess college badass. So, yeah. uh, but, um, yeah, so, Kevin Sullivan, I don't see him as like an amateur wrestler. Me, me neither. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he's Kevin Sullivan, so he worships Satan. So who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a Road Warriors match. Um, not, you remember when they tried to bring the uh, Varsity Club back in WCW at the end? Oh gosh, that was awful. Who? who <laughs> uh, so it was uh, it was Mike Rotunda and who? And uh, Rick Steiner and Kevin Sullivan. And they were all uh, older looking gentlemen at the time. So Mike Rotunda was part of it, there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he didn't look real hot in a singlet <laughs> towards oh, the God. end. There. Oh God! But uh, yeah, then they had that uh, Kimona Wanalea as their cheerleader. It was uh, it was bad. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, any thoughts around this match? Uh, the crowd loved it. They they loved anything with the Road Warriors. Yeah, they were uh, they were definitely into this match. Um, you got it. It was uh, pretty loud and boisterous. Uh, it was a it was it was an all right tag match. You know, uh, Steve Williams is a guy that could go toe to toe with Hawk and Animal. Uh, Steve um, Williams. I mean, if, for a shoot, Steve Williams would kill Hawk and Animal. Yeah, I think Steve Williams would kill about anybody. Yeah, except for Bart Gunn. That's but, true. Uh, <laughs> but he he twisted his knee funny and fell. Yeah, that's why he lost that. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure Kevin Sullivan is probably a tough little guy too. Oh yeah, mess. yeah, no doubt. I wouldn't mess with him. He'll stab you with a fork or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was all right. Tag matches for the NWA tag team titles. Um, I think it was the only title that didn't change hands and. Um, yeah, it was all right. Nothing really exciting about it. Uh, had I don't know why uh, Steve Williams thought he was the legal man at the end, trying to make the pin. Another screwy finish. Yeah. I, yeah. God almighty, the finishes on this. And uh, Ke- I liked how uh, after Kevin Sullivan got pinned and the bell rang, he, ru- he raised his arm up like he won. Look, wait a minute. You're the one who got pinned. Who booked this? Do we know? Oh, it's hard I, to tell. I want to try to find out. I bet it was Flair. I bet Flair booked this. Uh, I think this was the time during when Flair and uh, Cornette were on the committee. I don't think was Cornette on at this point. I, so I'm thinking right now of uh, let's see here. Would uh, would um, who would it have been? I don't know. I think definitely Flair was. Uh, he was on there because Dusty wasn't there. So I think Flair took over. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about the. Uh, Magnum TA is the ring announcer at all, though. Oh, that's what'd right. What would you think about him on the 
He was okay. He was okay. He looked pretty nervous at the start. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had some pre-planned uh, responses, but uh, he rocked that mullet, man. Uh, let's see here. George Scott is what this uh, one side is saying. Oh, that might be uh, when he was trying to book the ding dongs. So I think that was the ding dong man, wasn't it? Uh, I thought, was it, was that the ding dong man? Okay. I was thinking it was Jim Hurd, but no, I guess no. Jim Hurd was, um, no, Jim Hurd was the ding dongs. I thought. Oh, okay. Well, somebody was not paying attention. Yeah. Well, they also didn't book a uh, cooldown match. You're right. Because it went uh, straight from the Road Warriors to the main event. Yeah, and I think there definitely should have been a match in between there just to kind of. Let's talk about it. So, if you notice. Bring them down. So, two couple things. One, this is really out. I mean, this is a Jim Crockett show. Uh, and it was kind of out of the Jim Crockett territory. I mean, last I checked, Charlotte, North Carolina is not near Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. And it's a smart, it's a smart crowd because during the, um, match, did you hear the crowd chant steamboat sucks? Oh no, I didn't notice that. I, I mean, stuff like that would happen, but I mean, fans were into Ric Flair and of course he's the greatest wrestler of all time. So why wouldn't he be? But, um, it's the, the match itself, the match itself, it, it's a really great match. I don't think it's the, it's not the best of the three from that year. Uh, I'd probably put this third, but it's a good match. Well, yeah, this was an a, this was an AWA territory. Now I'm looking at it. Yeah. I think the AWA ran there a few times. Yeah, which I mean would be one of the reasons that the Road Warriors were so um Yeah. Uh hot. Uh I don't I thought this the Ric Flair Steamboat match was uh really good. Yeah, of course it was really good. It's I mean it's um, it's i it, I mean it's it's Ric Flair and Steamboat. Steamboat's just such a like a of he just has no char- like no charisma or character, I don't think. Yeah. Like I mean, that that promo he did uh I think it was in between the first and second match was just, it was awful. I may imagine if he could wrestle like that with like the personality of imagine if Bret Hart wrestle as well as Ricky Steamboat. Oh or, yeah. They could be unstoppable. Or let me think of a better white meat baby face. Um, imagine if, oh gosh, who would be a good fit to get in that? Who would be a good fit there? Imagine if who was the most white meat Hulk Hogan. Imagine if Hulk Hogan of course, uh, Rick. I mean, uh, Vince liked gigantic guys, and that wasn't Ricky Steamboat. But imagine yeah. if Hulk Hogan could wrestle like Ricky Steamboat. Oh, he'd be president right now. He'd be president of the freaking United States <laughs> of the world. Actually, I think probably because yep. they would have sent him over, and he would have beat up all the bad guys. Everything Ricky Steamboat <laughs> did was so crisp and clean, and uh, just he. I mean, he just his he moved like water. He was so good in the ring. Yeah, and uh, everything he did looked real too. Like yes. it was just the the realism of the show was really was really jarring to me. Jarring in um, a bad way? Or a good no, way? in a good way. It was just uh, I just for I sometimes forget how real wrestling can actually look. Like when when they try to do it, you know. Like coming from um like since I know all the tricks of the trade, I mean this just today's wrestling style just doesn't uh doesn't allow for this stuff. No. Cause uh one of the a wise man once told me that whenever you uh a a, a fan should never know when you mess up a move. Exactly. Uh, because like in UFC, when a guy goes to do a move and he misses, he didn't mess that move up. He it just didn't execute it, you know? Uh-huh. So you don't like, uh, and a lot of guys are bad about that. Like if they, if they'll like botch a move or something, they'll just stand there and look and 
in um a mate like in fright and then the crowd will chant like you effed up you yep. effed up like the crowd should never chant that i mean the genie's it's, out of the bottle people know that it, it's a work yeah but um i that's one of the things i always try to do is try to make it i try to i try to be as realistic as i possibly can in today's style of wrestling and um of course i don't i'm not doing any like crazy flips or anything you, you shouldn't but, uh, <laughs> yeah when i try i hurt myself but uh but like i was i'm just, I I'm just saying that. i'm just saying you don't have to do those like you don't have to kill yourself yeah. put on a good match like ricky steamboat like i was watching a video of uh will osprey doing a bunch of flips in the ring i think that's his name isn't it yeah th- that match that he and ricochet had that went like 10 minutes and it was like synchronized swimming yeah it's like Sure, that takes a lot of athletic ability. Yeah, it takes ridiculous athletic ability. It's not, I don't think, like, if I wanted to see that, I'd go see, like, a gymnast show. Because the gymnasts do it better <laughs> yeah. than he does. So why not just go watch it better, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's all it's it's cool that he can do that stuff, but it's just, it looks so rehearsed and so unrealistic and fake that it just takes me completely out of the match. I just don't, it's like, I'm, I'm watching a second rate gymnast. That's what, it, that's what it all comes down to. You know, like a guy that's gymnast part time. Yeah. I'll just, I, I'd rather watch a full-time gymnast if I want to watch gymnast stuff. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, Rick, Ricky Steamboat wasn't like that. And neither was Ric Flair. Uh, they did everything smooth and crisp and, um, it looked like it hurt. And, uh, they probably messed up 20 times in that match. We'd never know. Nope. Because <laughs> that's they were experts at what they did, and I'm not even a huge Ricky Steamboat or Ric Flair fan. I know, but I enjoy i i I can definitely recognize their talent, mm-hmm. and um, the match entertained me. And um, I liked he. I wish I would like to have seen more of the fight that happened the night before when Ric Flair got down into his underwear. Dear God, yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair is always in his underwear. Yep, always getting his suits ripped off. I wonder if those really were uh, $10,000 suits. That could be why he doesn't have any money today. Got all the suits ripped off of him. But, um, yeah, this was, uh, this was a great match. Uh, this is all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, again, the fluidity of it. I, I mean, honestly, I love Ric Flair, greatest of all time. Rick pretty much had a cadence to his matches. and uh, But, damn, they are freaking uh, entertaining. So, who cares? Yeah, he knew when to... Uh, when to do everything when the right time was. Um, I loved his hair in this match. Yeah. It's always nice to see Ric Flair with his big hair. And it's also worth pointing out again that, you know, in the match, Ricky Steamboat won and won the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. On a small package. And oh, if Ric Flair could figure out how to counter the small package, he would have never lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But going back to my little rant a little while ago, uh, Ricky Steamboat, um, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, uh, definitely over at this point, um, got the world heavyweight championship because, you know, he was freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, not because they were just trying to put a prop on him, hoping that people would care. Yeah. He, uh, definitely, he earned it. He earned it just with his pure ability. Yeah. I feel like an old man yelling at cloud. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't stand clouds. Yeah. They just make me mad nowadays. Yeah. Uh, any other? Why th- I do watch that. Like when I'm watching modern wrestling, 
<laughs> I do. I feel I'm like, what's my problem? Why am I so angry all the time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts around the match or the card? Um, I love the uh, the celebration at the end with Ricky Steamboat <laughs> when he got the uh, champagne in his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was hurting him. And then Michael Hayes, the jerk, came up and sprayed it right in his face while he was trying to talk. Well, you know what? Uh, they're celebrating. That's what happens in real sports. Uh, they're trying <laughs> to make it look real, so can't fault them for that. No, I just thought it was funny. Uh, I Michael, my, they were definitely, I think they were screwing with Ricky, Ricky Steamboat. Because uh, if I remember right, Ricky didn't uh, have a whole lot of alcohol in the system. Wasn't he uh, pretty clean? Yeah, he, he definitely. Clean living man? He, he definitely uh, ate clean and everything, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably the first alcohol he'd had in a while. Probably. Of course, those guys are, already went through 27 bottles in yeah, the back. Probably. But, uh. Yeah, I always love the uh, celebrations in the back like they used to do with the wine and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's something they need to bring back. Yep. Hey, so uh, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes uh, or subscribe. It only takes a second. If you are an iTunes user, just go to iTunes and uh, click subscribe. The show will be in your feed whenever we post it. And uh, that way you never miss an episode. And please, if you took an hour or however long this episode was to listen to it, uh, just leave us a review. Uh, just like pause right in the middle of the show. I probably should just start prompting people. Hey, pause now so you can go leave a review. Leave a review. It, it really helps us out. And well, maybe there'll be a thing where you can, we'll stop the show and then they have to go leave a review and then that'll lead them to the rest of the show. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, okay, sweet. So next week we're going to be talking about Wrestle War 92. That's I'm pretty excited. I love a lo- love a good war games. Yeah, so that'll be really uh, fun to talk about. I think we may have talked about a war games already, but uh, not this. You never talk about too many war games. This is true. <laughs> hey, and uh, while we're thinking about it, if uh, you're not already, uh, why don't you use our Amazon links? Go to tfradio.net slash Amazon, and all the purchases that you make. Through our Amazon links uh, will not cost you a cent more than they already do, but Amazon will send us back just a little bit to help cover the cost of the show. Uh, it's the super easy, bestest way to uh, help us out other than leaving a review on iTunes. If you had to pick between using our Amazon link or leaving a review, leave, leave the review. But if you can do both, you know, go to tfradio.net slash Amazon. Buy whatever you need to buy. For example, this week I bought all of my uh, cat and dog food on Amazon, and it was super easy. Yeah, that's actually something I'm looking into. Yeah. I might have to start doing that. It kept me from having to get out and uh, brave the cold, cold weather. It hit 81 degrees here so this weekend, so I just did not want to get out in <laughs> that and uh, buy the dog food. So uh, tfradio.net slash Amazon. Uh, I'm sitting at 12 Rather, you're talking about 80 some degree weather. How cold is it? Uh, it was like 12 the other day. Oh my god, it was 80. It's, it's about 40 right now. It was 81 yesterday. It got up to about 65 today. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I do miss North Carolina. It's pretty great. Uh, well, JT, how do people get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me at tfradio.net slash hogg. That'll take you to my Facebook page. Give it a like, or you can go to or or and go to my Twitter page at uh, JT underscore H-O-G-G. At, oh. Put the at before I said the, 
previous part. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at bkilby and on Instagram at Brian Kilby. Uh, we are on Twitter at Take Four Wrestling, Take Number Four Wrestling, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Take Four Wrestling. Uh, JT has been posting some fun content to the uh, Facebook page. I'm posting uh, fun matches. So I think uh, we're doing a pretty good uh, job pulling stuff together. Yeah, I'm going to start. Uh, well, we already did our first of our independent spotlight. And um, Adam Armstrong was the first one. He's a very talented rest- young wrestler. And uh, more to come real soon. Awesome. Well, sweet JT, thank you for being here. Oh, I'm sorry. King Hog, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We'll be back next week with Take 4 Wrestling. Boo! No.